0: Disenfranchise from everything well, I fall up and I fall down An American Loser the day I was born
1: Welcome back to another edition of American Loser guys uh, Larry has abandoned us. Lawrence Patrick is uh, he's gone guys. He's, he's left the show. He stormed out. He said uh, he found me stifling creatively and uh, I was never really his kid anyway Hard way to find out. You Damn. know what I mean? I'm kidding, actually. He's camping somewhere in uh, western New Jersey, because you can't leave the state, but you can go camping within it.
0: You know damn well everything you just said was, in fact, true as well. That's You're <laughs> just trying to cope with the camping.
1: I am adopted. That's why I'm uh, about uh, six inches shorter than him, and I can't grow facial hair. We found that out the hard way, too. But, yeah. uh
0: he's got uh, a way more epic
1: mustache. It's unfortunate, man. But behind the ones and twos, who else could it be other than the Big Kahuna? How are you doing, buddy? I'm
0: good, man. How you doing?
1: I'm very excited. Now, I forgot that you don't know our guest today, because uh, Ming was uh our audio engineer for uh for this gentleman's uh debut episode which as of right now by the way the most listened to episode of american loser is it really yeah about edward bernays one of the uh, fascinating episodes so uh andy lawson aka andy highroller aka andy hot boy how you doing buddy hey everybody how are you (laughs) welcome back to the show handsome
2: yeah I mean, that sucks about your dad, but at this point in your life, you're probably used to the rejection, so, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I told you, somebody mentioned to me uh, uh, not too long ago, like, oh, it's uh, it's your second dad, right? And I was like, that means I have twice as many dads as you.
2: you know? The guy didn't like
1: that at all. But No, uh, if you guys are listening to uh, the show regularly, you know what we do here on American Loser. We put the spotlight firmly on second place. And if you don't know what we do here, welcome to a podcast that explores the biggest losers in American history. Uh, we got a damn good one here for you. I'm excited about this. My handsome Dilph of a dad is not here today at a shared universe studio in uh, Eatontown, New Jersey. We miss you, Pop. Yeah, Mike and Ming taking good care of us, though. Uh, my buddy Nick Bueller, by the way, hooked us up with steak and macaroni salad, of which I think um, I need someone else to eat that shit, guys. I'm not going to. It's not going well for me. All right. I'm losing a lot of weight, but that was. That was essentially trying to travel with a porn star on your way to uh, a sex ed sermon of some sort.
2: <laughs> now, this quarantine's been rough on me. I had two abs at the beginning, and now I have zero.
1: <laughs> so. uh No, it is cool that way, man. Uh We are drinking Ross IPA, the Navisync, uh with ruby red grapefruit. It's good shit, man. That's a, Is it a thumbs up at least out of you, Andy?
2: Yeah, it's good. It's good. It has, like, um, a settling effect on your stomach, too, as opposed to some uh, IPAs, which are very acidic.
1: That's the truth, man. Yeah. I like that one a lot. We were uh, drinking those heavy uh, at his, this thing in Brooklyn we did for work. And that's my favorite part of that job is you get to get drunk on the clock, and mm. it's encouraged. So thank you very much <laughs> to the good Both of people at Lost. your jobs, loves.
2: you get to get drunk on the clock. Yeah,
1: and it's no wonder I've developed a problem. Mm. So. Well. <laughs> Uh, today's loser actually, uh, had some interesting moves with booze throughout his life. Did he not?
2: He did. Yeah. Now here's the problem with this guy being an American loser. He's arguably in first place in a lot of categories. <laughs> uh,
0: here's the thing about this show though, man, that happens a lot more than you realize. Like you'll like, they'll be, right. yeah. they'll be winners in a lot of different categories, but then you start to delve into it and you're just like, Oh no, no, stop it with the stupidity. Please. No, please Stop. It gets worse and worse.
1: Coon is innocent because he doesn't know the topic just yet. Is okay. also uh, which which I love. Um, is is that there's the idea that you could be a good person if you just didn't do these one. But this dude today, let's just say the name by the way,
2: Carl Panzram.
1: Yeah, uh, one of a, a prolific serial killer
2: and rapist. And, and, He's a prolific rapist.
1: Johnny Sodomy might as well <laughs> have been his nickname. All right.
2: Yeah, uh, he claims to have uh, have over twelve hundred victims.
1: It's uh, I'll ask this. We'll, we'll start with a question if we can do that. Okay. One. So you and me talk a lot. Pop culture stuff. Sure. Kahuna, diehard film fan. Uh, we can both agree. I would say, guys, that the three of us would agree that you it's important to have a good opening line in a movie or a book. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. OK, so book, one of the, the first lines that pops in my head, it, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Right. OK. okay. Uh, think of a book one, two while we're doing this. If you want to okay. throw an example. Kahuna, you got one off the top of your head? I'm trying to think. Opening line from a book how about Moby Dick call me Ishmael <laughs> you know
0: oh I got one for a movie
1: hit me with a movie one
0: case of plutonium stolen from uh, from local <laughs> nationalists or whatever back to the future people
1: solid on that one uh, mine would be Goodfellas uh, ever, as far back as I can remember I always wanted to be a gangster right
2: uh, I'm going to draw a blank on the first line of a movie like uh, trailer wise I would say I want you to hit me as hard as you can
1: ooh Fight Club. Fight Club yeah solid So we understand the power of an opening line, right? Because I'm going to give you Carl Panzram's autobiography opening line, and I think it sets the tone for the entire episode. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah. In my lifetime, I have murdered 21 human beings. I have committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenies, and arsons. And last but not least, I have committed sodomy on more than 1,000 male human beings. For all these things, I am not the least bit sorry. Yeah. Well, okay. (laughs) Yeah. You think you're going to hear this guy out once he opens with a line like that?
0: I take back all I said in the beginning.
1: Imagine
2: Imagine how uh, packed his schedule was, though. Because I don't think I could get that done. And he was only around. He wasn't around for a long time.
1: No, did not live to be an old man.
2: He was like, yeah, I mean, he was busy. Because he was caught or because...
1: But we got to uh yeah, here, I mean, here's the fun. end of the story is. yeah well, i'll give away we'll do um Let's do pulp
0: fiction in this bitch we'll oh, tarantino okay. some <laughs> of this shit
1: nothing wrong with that but i will say this um welcome to uh carl uh, Panzram, american loser as uh as my good friend uh andy you did due diligence man this is what i love about this guy too shows up with notes guests who show up with notes are the better guests
0: extra uh, points in the in the american loser book
1: exactly um, but, I
2: got into this guy about five years ago, there was one documentary on Netflix and then I tried to follow up on the internet and there was like a lack of information. So I think that the possibility that the Netflix documentary spurred podcasts and websites and stuff like that over time, because definitely this time around getting into it, there's more than you can digest.
1: Well, I, f- I think we watched the same documentary too, cause it was, uh, it had some, it was good high production quality, uh, on the stuff. And a lot of it was told the guy did write his own autobiography and you know we made some good comments about uh the potential um the what was the commercial value of this mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. and uh we get into where it winds up going but here's this the first thing just a, a brief perusal of this guy and we, we had to do this episode because there's a jersey connection right shockingly enough and then there's also a there's multiple lose receptions but one huge one in particular that was interesting But um, I think we both watched that same documentary. This guy, you can be born bad. I think that's going to be, you know, something we're just going to have to accept on this one. Mm -hmm. Born in uh, 1891 to a nice German family out in Minnesota, which uh, I feel like we keep accidentally landing on, like the polite Midwestern people. There's some dark shit going on out there, too. Well, when you don't have
0: a beach, it kind of fucks (laughs) with your head. Like, come on.
2: Now, the word Panzer in German also means um, like armor or tank. So there is a possibility that his last name, like given his size, may have been like a uh, ancestral thing. Like, oh, he's big. He's a Panzer or Panzeram. And it may have turned into that.
1: Ooh, well, we will discuss his physical characteristics in a second, too, because this guy was um, the title. This one I was actually going with and we'll we'll break it in later because you gave me a cool angle for this. Carl Panzram, a.k.a. G.G. Allen without a guitar. <laughs> um, but uh, nice German family out in Minnesota. Carl is bad news pretty early on as a kid. All right. Uh, Carl claims to have always felt odd as a child. Um, I couldn't verify this, but there's something that happened to him uh, where he had like an ear infection of some sort. And they had to do a surgery. And they, I think they removed part of his inner ear. And I think that made him irritable his whole life. I could not verify that. Oh, no, I so. get
2: it. Irritable. <laughs> mm. If
1: you're, um, if you know something about that, message me. You can hit us up at American Loser Podcast on Instagram, American Loser Podcast on Facebook, or just KP Burke on anything. Find me and let me know about that. But um, his rap sheet pretty much corroborates that he's going to be odd as a kid. Criminal career starts out at age. What, what age do you want to guess? He starts really fucking around with some of the some bad behaviors.
0: Eight.
1: Ooh. Ooh. I don't know
0: why. And I, I just feel like if, if this guy in particular, it started really young. Y-
1: You're correct. But it started at age five and six. What? Yeah.
0: What was he killing cats or
2: whatever?
1: No, uh, he was lying and uh, and displaying some uh, aggressive type behaviors early on, though. Mm. So,
2: see, I read that he had an abusive alcoholic father. Very much so. Yeah. OK. Yeah. He said a nice German family. I min- Sarcastically. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But yeah, uh, parents super strict. Uh, dad's a bit of a drunk. Uh, drunks always leave uh, booze around the house, and uh, he gets started with uh, per Carl's own words, by the way. Uh, he only got meaner the older he got. So every year he lived on this planet, he got meaner. Um, Our
0: guy or his dad?
1: Carl Panzram okay. or himself? Yeah. So uh, and then by age eight, he is uh, he liked to lie, cheat, and steal. Rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero. Um, he would get he this one blew my mind because uh i would say i've had beers with you in the past kahuna we've enjoyed that yeah. i i like to to drink i haven't in a little bit um we have on the show yeah me and <laughs> me and old uh andy lawson over here uh both uh enjoy alcohol i would mm. say that's fair right yeah, yeah um i wasn't drinking at age eight which is the age that not the age he started drinking at the age, he got his first drunken disorderly charge.
2: (laughs) Oh, so I was kind (laughs) of right.
1: Age eight, he's getting, like, brought into court, like, drunken public kind of a thing.
2: (laughs) Were (laughs) more kids drunk back then, though? (laughs) Like, was it just more of a common, you know
1: entirely believable man it's uh that court
0: scene i'm sorry that court scene must have been hilarious if i was a juror in that like i was just sitting in the courthouse and then someone just dragged in a kid for a
1: drunken disorderly well and the it's problem so is so
0: fucked but it, it's so funny
1: it's hilarious and then also um just picture a drunk little kid showing up but uh he got it imagine getting a dui in your hot wheels you know what I mean? <laughs> That's cute. (laughs) It's not good for anybody. But uh, so that's the age that he's at when he gets uh, into trouble for the first time with the law, really. By age 11, he's stealing from neighbors' houses. And at age 11, you know, I think we were probably all adventurous kids, but we never wanted to steal the neighbor's gun, which -hmm. is what he was doing at age 11. This dude's balls haven't dropped yet, and he's stealing people's guns.
2: Yeah. And every single documentary that you see about him gives him like a voice down here. So it's also fun to imagine, like, 11-year-old kid who's like, give me the gun, <laughs> buddy, you know?
0: He has a full-fledged beard like you yeah, know, at this point. Yeah, just a
2: straight-up man voice with a beard <laughs> at 11. He's already 40 at age 11.
0: You guys want to watch
1: Paw Patrol? <laughs> <laughs>
0: nah, I'm more of a Thomas the Tank Engine kind of guy.
1: Oof, always, always. Credit credit words, due. Um In 1903, his very strict and, you know, probably abusive parents, uh, the father definitely, the mother, I'm just going to go ahead and say she was in on it. Um, they're fed up with Carl's continued drunken troubles with the law. They send his ass to military school. And if you wanted to know how to make a bad situation worse, this is a blueprint for how to do that. Okay? Minnesota State Military School. It's like a training academy type place. Later would be the subject of a Bob Dylan song. And also, most recently, one of the first reported cases of COVID-19 in the Minnesota prison system. Mm. Yeah pretty wild. I think it goes by the name of Red Wing School. Uh, so, that's what they wound up calling it.
0: It's not but, a good place to start up.
1: No, no. When Bob Dylan's writing a song about you, something bad happened. Um, as the Rosenbergs would tell us, and uh, <laughs> as Joe McCarthy would tell us, and as the Hurricane would tell us. Oh, God.
2: Just keep going down the list. Bob Dylan bums me out.
1: How can he not? He's only writing about topics on this show. <laughs> 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 but... Um, so now uh he's out there. He is the school is a tough school to begin with. He's a rebellious kid with a mean streak. And between ages eleven and thirteen, Carl is abused and raped on the regular by staff members in a little dungeon of horror that they referred to as the paint shop.
2: Mm.
1: Uh do you know why they call it the paint shop, Andy? <laughs> no. It's it's mean. I thought maybe you knew this one, so I was trying to set you up for a layup, but uh. They call it the paint shop because anyone who walked out of there with the staff members was typically painted with bruises. Oh. So, yeah. If you're a, a nice pale Irish boy like myself, you're coming out of there with some blacks, some blues, some purples, maybe is, a maroon or two.
0: That is horrible. Like, yep. not even a, like, f- in a funny. Like, that's horrible.
1: This was evil. And you're, you're taking a guy who's already... Th- a lot of this is going to be where you learn the serial killer thing, where it's like, how many serial killers are among us that just aren't activated if you will because they they got treated with some semblance of kindness
2: right now here's the question if stand-up comedy was around back then he had (laughs) so
1: much potential
2: you know you're not wrong
0: if he went to vaudeville at the time man he would have been all right take my
1: wife's head please (laughs) (laughs) that was solid so uh, it's a terrible place, this friggin' Red Wing school. And Carl has a way of holding grudges, as we'll continue to learn. And after a few years of beatings, uh, he actually successfully burns the paint shop down. Yeah, sets fire, commits one of his first arsons, and by the way, gets away with it. They never figure out that it's him. So
0: only because they only know that because he admitted it. I'm guessing.
1: Uh, well, that's here's that thing because we have that loser quality we've talked about. We call it the first example we really have of it was with the, our Calamity Jane episode where you realize that some people back then, because you couldn't get fact checked are just completely full of shit. <laughs> so Carl's most of what we know about him is stuff he admitted to, by the way, as we're going to cover when we later get to the murders and stuff, how many murders did he have? Do you remember off the top of your head?
2: I think it was 28 or 20 or 28. What yeah. do you say in the speech? You said at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Well, he that's, here's the weird thing. That's what he says in the book. And then the book is, you can't tell where he's employing hyperbole. yeah so he could be just embellishing the shit out of some of these stories and we don't know um and what they wind up getting him for was a death sentence anyway right so then he's just like well i might as well tell him you know a bunch of other shit
2: might as well i'm already (laughs) well i think that's a mode if you're in there is that like if you confess to something else with even a few facts then you can extend your death sentence because there would be a new trial
1: oh yeah yeah. And then the the privilege of uh, getting uh, more appointments with your attorneys. Maybe the press wants to come talk to you. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Th- there's a way of, of sometimes a lie. If you're already a dead man walking, which he will be, um, then there's almost a, a, a perk to having uh, at least making your final days a little bit more interesting. So I'd agree with you on that. Um, by age 14 now, he's uh, already aggressive and systematically worsened. You know, uh, if you want to talk about the idea of trying to rehab these people versus... Uh, just punishing them more so. Um, this worsens Pan's Ram. He gets paroled from his school. Immediately get, uh, I believe he was paroled from school because he robbed his own mother.
2: Paroled from school?
1: Yeah, that's that's like, because these were sentences they were serving. This is like pre-Juvie kind of a There was a, There was uh. a juvenile
2: hall in my town growing up and like we did not know any of those kids and they were marched around. So I can have a little bit of a visual of what this must have been like. Damn.
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely, it's, it's military school. Not like, like when I joined the military and everybody's like, thank you for serving our country. This was like, Oh, these kids have to have somebody breathing down their neck at all times. So, um, I got one killer piece of, uh, trivia for, uh, for good old Andy here in a second, but, but, uh, unintentional on that one too sure um but start thinking of your casting couch because uh, i think you're gonna the more we describe this guy i think the better uh, casting couch you're gonna have for him at the end oh yeah oh bill Hader for sure bill Hader. <laughs> <laughs> no i think i know where you're going with this <laughs> if i have it written down
2: already then that'll be cool
1: nice. well the two of you i'm curious who you're both gonna land on for him but uh, by age 14 uh he is now straight up an alcoholic runs away from home and he's living as a railroad bum and he was traveling by train cars, which for some reason, due to like Vival Goes West, we have a romantic notion of. Hmm. I, uh,
2: I read something that like draw, drew distinctions between like a hobo, a bum, a drifter. And it was like all of these specific sects of uh, the indigent population.
1: subculture yeah 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 so like
2: a hobo was somebody who was willing to work for work but would travel for work and a bum was just somebody who wouldn't work and i was like oh this is fascinating you know
1: it's a good um distinction on that stuff too because there's also like the uh i remember there was that episode of mad men that spooked me a little bit when they said that they would put the the hobos back then would put symbols on your mailbox Oh, In your house, like who was like, and they're like, "This is a good. You'll get food here, or this person will shoot at you. Stay awake." So there was a whole hidden language amongst them with their symbols and shit. And uh, so we do have this romantic notion of traveling by, you know, rail cars, and you know, uh, at this point, Carl is uh, living his um, uh, that Britney Spears movie pretty much. You know, he's out there on his own. You know, he's, he's doing it. You know, um, he's having his sisterhood of the traveling pants. Um,
0: he's living.
1: Yes. Well, speaking of traveling pants, um, he's living as a railroad bum and uh, it's not really a pleasant existence. Uh, There's a time that he admits to later on. And it's one of those things in his uh, autobiography. It's mostly they can't tell if he's a narcissist with some of the lies he's telling. But this one particular one they think is probably true because it really paints him as a victim and it doesn't look good for him at all. Um, He pretty much admits that as a, a young Carl was gang raped by a group of hobos on one of these train rides. Jesus. So
0: it's just gotten worse and worse for this kid.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, well, it, it's not crazy to think how a guy like that could look at humanity and be full of uh, nihilism and, and feel nothing, which uh, by the way, shout out to the movie, the big Lebowski, because I, uh, I was calling it nihilism. until so mm. I saw that and then I was like, Oh, nihil, Oh, I know those guys. They're nihilists, man. Yeah.
2: So the modern train car, this is like, um, like, punk rock subculture stuff people travel around in those prefabricated homes now so when your Uh home comes on a flatbed and then it gets dropped off and like the people are traveling around in them now as opposed because apparently trains are way too difficult these days I think they've sped up a bit
1: I'm trying to think of some of the uh the movies and shit that I've seen over the years when um uh like a, a a bum would get the shit kicked out of them I think what's it Christopher McCandless the guy who was traveling out to Alaska. I don't right? know. Well, he was the guy they made. Um, oh, Into the Wild? Yeah. No, not but, Into the Wild. They no. made uh, Into the Wild was Jack London. Um, but th- th- when the guy went out there, he eventually gets the shit kicked out of him by uh, Call of the Wild is Jack London. I'm sorry. I fucked Into that Into the up. Wild is uh, with right. Emil Hirsch. Yeah. yeah. That's that's. And the he guy has a blank.
2: ridiculous bush in that movie. <laughs> like, there's one scene where he's naked, and I'm like okay, I get what they're trying to go for, but don't Daniel Day-Lewis the Bush, you know? Who
1: who knew he was Serbian? (laughs) Um, But uh, so, side note, uh, the character, uh, a character, very small uh, arc on the show, Oz on HBO, was a a young man uh, by the name of uh, Adam Gunzel, right? Gunzel. And his last name is actually taken from the term Gunzel, which uh, is a meaning amongst the hobo community for a submissive young man kept by another hobo as a sex slave hmm yeah we knew we were getting dark here on this one today guys yeah, all right what's
2: in that stick and bindle <laughs> you know <laughs> leather goods i suppose it's a small dungeon
1: in a bag um, but yeah a uh it comes from the yiddish word uh a yiddish term rather but it's similar to the the word catamite. so um he definitely had a, a rough time on the uh the trains traveling around here and he would uh he'd get They find him and like these truant officer types would throw him into reform schools. So he's getting into reform schools. He's also still pulling off strings of robberies here and there. He's a young, drunk, angry 15 year old. Where can we send him, Andy?
2: I think uh, Leavenworth eventually, but I don't know where you're going with this.
1: Well, Leavenworth's an interesting place because that's technically they have a military sect of that prison for, for people who are in the military. So when you're a young, drunk, angry 15-year-old, what recruiter's looking for someone just like you? The Army. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so he winds up in the Army because he didn't test high enough to get into the Navy. And um, How'd you pull that off? That's <laughs> I just said the Navy worked out good. That's, uh, I also had uh, I had Kahuna take my test for me. But, um, oh, shit.
2: Did you have to wear Cracker Jacks at some point? You know it. Oh, Did they have the flap on the back or no? Uh, or am I making the flap on the back up?
1: Well, there's the flap on the back, but there's multiple flaps, though, because um, there's also uh, the, the dress blues are the true Cracker Jack looking uniform, okay. and uh, there's, um, there's plenty of uses for those flaps. I'll put it that way. Yeah. It gets discerning at times. <laughs> also, uh, I lost so much weight in boot camp that when they fitted me for my uniforms, then when we were wearing them at graduation, I looked like uh, when a little kid wears his dad's suit around. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's terrible, dude. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, so, uh, he winds up joining the army, right? And just a matter of time until old Carl Pans winds up fucking something up here. And he, uh, he has a larceny charge and this gets Carl in the very same prison that will be the location of his eventual execution, right? So imagine like with the place you get executed, place you die is like, you've, oh yeah, I spent some time out there before. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy, uh, Cape Cod in the summers, but
0: Martha's Jr. is great this time of year,
1: <laughs> said JFK Jr., um, but oh uh, terrible tragedy. Um, but anyway, uh, this larceny charge uh, gets him a couple of years in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. And get this, his prison sentence is approved by, this one's exciting, you want to say it?
2: It's Taft, right? Yep, the president. future President yeah.
1: Taft, at the time Secretary of War. Any idea who he's serving as Secretary of War for, Kahuna? Perhaps a know. president you don't want to fuck with?
0: Oh, my God. Really?
1: Yep. Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> so
0: I love how he just slowly crops up around all these different stories. And it's always random, too.
1: That's my favorite part of the show, to be honest.
0: <laughs> just where, te- where, where he'll pop up. Oh, man.
1: Well, so not only is Taft a future president, he's the current Secretary of War, signs off on this thing that gets uh, Carl sent to a couple of years in Leavenworth. And uh, also, he will go on to be a Supreme Court justice. Fun fact, you want to sound smart at a party in the next couple of months or weeks after you hear this.
2: He's the only Supreme Court justice that was also president.
1: You know it. Psh, so.
2: That's not that smart.
1: No, that's it. But, yeah, you know, smart, smart that shit is compared. <laughs> uh, you ain't learning nothing on Legion of Skanks. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Carl makes it a point to remember that Taft was the guy that signed off on him here. And as Carl says himself, during his two-year prison sentence at Leavenworth, any good that was left in him was beaten out of him. All right, he was not a fan. Uh, so he is fighting guards regularly. Um, you ever see the movie Bronson?
2: I have a note about that. Who would win in a fight?
1: Ooh, this is right. good already.
2: We got Carl Panzram versus Charles Bronson, who wins?
1: I don't know, Br- Bronson, pretty badass, tough dude. He's like uh, Brit- Britain's uh, Charles Manson, I'd call him, but he's jacked and he loves to get into these fights with his prison guards. And then you have Ram, who, keep in mind, he was a big guy to begin with. Panzer, Ram, like Andy was saying. So that's yeah. the guy's got a tank build to him already, right? He's about six foot. He's a powerful guy, okay? And now he's in Fort Leavenworth. And he's a young kid, too. Imagine, like, getting to, like, varsity football playing years, right? That's where he's at, and he's spending this time in Leavenworth.
0: What's the year we're looking at? Uh,
1: the year I don't have off the top of my head, um, but he joined the Army at age 15. So he's keep in mind he's probably sixteen seventeen at this point, so you're literally hitting adulthood and you're working forced hard labor at Camp Leavenworth, and he's already got a mean streak and he's rebellious. So it's kind of wild that way. Now you're getting this guy to have a crazy build to him. So Panzram versus Bronson. Charles
2: Bronson. That's I'm going to go.
0: I'm going to go Panzram because he's younger. He'll get back up way quicker.
1: I don't know. Charlie Bronson was nothing to mess with Yeah, it's either. a
2: movie worth watching. Man.
1: Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, I um, mean,
2: there's a little too much Naked Dude in it, but there's two Naked Dude references in both of the movies that we've referenced so far.
1: Well, also Oz.
2: And Oz has a lot of male neutered yeah, yeah, Oz,
1: that's the problem. Oz you you know,
2: straight up Christopher Maloney. <laughs> naked.
1: Yeah, if you want to see Elliot Stabler's dick, you got to go to. You get, you're not going to see it on uh, Law and Order, but you will see it to the point where you're like, enough already. <laughs> uh, but so they got uh We'll go back to that one at the end because I want to set up the full thing for because I, I think I think Cahoon is going to change his mind by the end of the story on this one.
0: Change my mind on what?
1: On on who you're picking, Bronson versus Pan's ramp. Okay. So we'll see on that one, man. But uh, so during this two-year prison sentence, he's uh, a big guy, like we said um and he's he's now he's jacked as hell too because hard labor dude all right he's doing those
2: 72 hour fasts no no he's not doing those (laughs) man
1: that is the beauty of shoulders by the way people assume i'm jacked sometimes but Uh i'm not it it looks bad underneath this shirt this shirt covers a lot of wounds (laughs) um but now he gets out and of course they give him a dishonorable discharge like uh which is just such a perfect military thing too. We have a a legitimate psychopath uh, in custody, but we're going to release him back out there. But he'll have a dishonorable discharge, so he can't work at McDonald's. I'm not making that up. If you have a dishonorable discharge, McDonald's will not hire you. Really? That's one incentive of getting a dishonorable discharge.
0: The only. It is
1: the teardrop tattoo of the military. (laughs)
0: Oh, man, this dude is scary looking, too.
1: Well, just you wait, my friend. Um, After his release, uh, he goes on a little mini tour of the U.S. You know, Andy and I both like to work as road comics. And uh, you recently bounced around the entire south pretty much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I bought a great uh, yellow watermelon. Didn't even know those exist. (laughs) Uh, Went to multiple fireworks stands and I got a tortoise. So
1: I forgot about the tortoise. That's yeah. true. The tortoise's name, oddly, Carl Panzram. Uh, <laughs> so you gotta work with that. Uh. But, <laughs> but uh, Carl goes on a little mini tour of his own, uh, robbing, uh, burglarizing, and sodomizing his way from California to Connecticut, with stops in Texas and Idaho. Of course, he regularly gets incarcerated during his tour, uh, and even spends a little time in the first of our loser receptions in the famed Sing Sing prison. Which will also be the site of the execution of the Rosenbergs. Now, if you're saying, hey, where's this Rosenbergs episode? Because I want to go check it out. uh, You'll notice it's not available on iTunes or SoundCloud because that's Patreon only, baby. Mm. You got to
0: pay at least five bucks to
1: get it. Just a $5 donation. That's all we ask. Times are tough. If you don't have more than that, I totally get it. If know uh, yeah, but for five bucks you get on the Patreon, you start getting all sorts of crazy stuff in here. Man, man. do
2: repeat guests get free access to the Patreon? They should now. They that you're surely it. probably should. <laughs> yeah, you know?
1: dude, I'll tell you what. You give me five bucks, I'll give you full access. <laughs> <right now. laughs> no, it's uh, we got to like
2: sidestep the question with that answer.
1: Well, I actually have to work out of some drug deals on some stuff with people because uh, a lot of good people have told me they're like, "Hey, listen, I love this show, so whatever it takes." That that keeps it going. So if you like the show and you help us out on Patreon, then I can keep doing these free ones every Tuesday for you. Gotcha. So mm. get a load of this one, man. Carl is not always outside the law, though. Sometimes he finds honest work, like as a strike breaker. You, want, a- you want to guess what a strike breaker is, either of you? Strike
2: oh, breaker. I mean, he's um, what do they call that? Something to do with the railroad? It's uh, breaking sort of. any union. Like you, Pretty much. Uh, yeah. He was also, for a time, a mule skinner. And I don't even know what that is. I feel like that's kind of self-explanatory with that one. Yeah, perhaps. But what if it's worse than we think? Oh, God.
1: there that's is. What I'm now, that's interesting. Because that I never
2: heard about anybody eating a mule or wearing, like, oh, that's a nice mule jacket you've got. So what are you skinning those mules for?
1: I think there is some use for mule hides. Um, and it could just be. I, I do like the idea, though, that a psychopath of sorts is going to find himself at home in some sort of a butcher-type field. Yeah. Yeah. So that part's interesting too um the the key with the strike thing you're absolutely right by the way that's that's literally where they hire muscle to go rough up the people who are trying to unionize
2: it was, it was pretty antifa antifa
1: yeah they're you know, these, just like
2: causing trouble
1: fellas well it's weird too because then we also have the lose reception from the molly Maguires, right so the molly Maguires in coal mining pennsylvania were irish immigrants who uh, some some immigrants some born here of native uh, of irish descent rather um And they were getting almost a mafioso kind of thing where it was like if their foreman was a dick, they'd kill the foreman. Jesus, this
0: dude's like Hydra. He just always shows up in the fucking MCU. He
1: does. And and also, now that he's a strike breaker, this is a big guy that's going to go rough up whoever's trying to make labor reforms. And he goes, and that was my honest work. I mean, you know, it wasn't always crime. Sometimes I just beat up people who were fighting for human rights at the workplace. So... (laughs) He's got a complicated uh, life here, but he is what he is, man. He's a boozing, lying, fighting, sodomizing kind of a guy.
2: Um, Jordan Peterson did a couple of different talks regarding Carl Panzram, and like every no shit. yeah, like every other topic that Jordan Peterson broaches, he made Carl Panzram incredibly boring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if you think about it, um, and you take down what Carl Panzram's really all about, yeah. uh, sodomy is actually why you should clean your room.
2: Yeah. said Kermit the Frog
1: that's a pretty good Jordan Peterson that's a very good Jordan Peterson for for a a whim like that that I just went on now hit me
2: with now I need to take a (laughs) Kalanapin
1: I don't know my daughter's pretty (laughs) hot though
2: eat meat (laughs) Uh, that guy fell off
1: well this show's falling off too Larry where are you I need (laughs) (laughs) you.
2: not for nothing
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh I got tortured on that one man yeah to justifiably, too, by the way. Not
2: for You say not for nothing Zed, like pass white tons. chicks say like.
1: I don't like it. what you mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Carl's mini tour. Getting a lot of jail time, right? Getting well, we'll a lot of trouble here. <laughs> oh, I'm good at these. <laughs> but Carl is a, a boozing bastard and he's uh, he can't join the u.s army anymore because he's got a dishonorable discharge they don't let you back in they barely let you back in with an honorable i know i tried once i did i did like one comedy tour in florida and i was like all right it's time i gotta go back in that's it i'm done one weekend (laughs) at winter circle in lakeland florida and i was like i have to go back into the military get back on the government teat um but uh he winds up trying to join the mexican army and, uh, oh i didn't read about those. yeah it does not go well for him he winds up getting uh a, it, it's a, a, a moot effort if you will so uh he
0: tries or he he
1: does get it tries to join the mexican Army. tough outfit to get in with they're nervous about there's some tensions with america too because just a few years earlier old Pancho Villa got whacked um, um, um so
2: there's a little espionage element
1: to yeah it. so there could be oh do we really want this guy here mm-hmm. and it's not exactly the san patricios where they were uh waging wars uh for a country that wasn't yet established. America's America and Mexico's Mexico for the most part around this time.
0: I mean, in this one instance, they really kind of dodged a bullet here. So,
1: yeah, the Mexican army's is like, oh, uh, we, yeah, yeah, we don't know about you, Carl. Uh, <laughs> but shortly after this uh, failed attempt, this is when Carl's life gets extra dark. All right. So if you were uncomfortable already. Buckle up. It's going to happen. All right. Hit me. Sunquist uh,
0: family, cover your ears. No,
1: those good people. By the way, Carl has an album out coming out soon. Uh, he messaged me a couple tracks to take a look at. So we will take Carl? Yeah, Carl Sunquist.
2: Carl Panzram. Oh,
1: wow, you're it. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Carl Panzram's mixtapes were dropped <laughs> off. To me. Okay, so it's,
2: yeah, also, side note to the casting cu- uh, couch thing you mentioned previously is right. uh, the answer Billy Bob Thornton?
1: <laughs>
2: because the character in Slingblade is remarkably like Pan's Ram.
1: A lot, yeah. And
2: the character of the what people would refer, refer to as Sling Blade, his name is Carl in the movie, Carl Childers.
1: Oh, that's right.
2: Yeah, so I, I wonder if that... Written and produced and acted in by Billy Bob Thornton was heavily influenced by Pans Ram.
1: Add him to the
0: list because typically with casting, cuts, it's just kind of like end of the episode. Who do you see playing this dude in a movie? Uh, no, it's okay, okay, but like, no, that's perfectly fine. But like, that's Thornton, a good, that's, yeah, that's a good option.
1: We'll contract if you come with anybody else too, then we'll contrast them off of whoever. Um, okay. Kahuna comes up with. So I like this. Um, so uh, Carl claims around this time to have uh, sodomized beaten strangled to death and then robbed a man outside of el paso texas which to me seems like a lot of effort for 35 dollars but keep in mind that's seven months worth of patreon exclusive content from american losers <laughs> <laughs> so
2: i hope you at the math
1: old oh, carl uh winds up using some nicknames around this time did you get a load of any of his aliases oh
2: dude i was so bummed on all of his aliases i, I didn't find one w- that's
1: very exciting is by there the way. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, i'll read the list you tell me which one stood out to okay you. you ready so here's the list we have so far of some of the aliases he was arrested and incarcerated under the following right. names uh the, the list includes but is not limited to jack allen yeah. jeff rhodes yeah. christian cordez that one's okay jeff baldwin john o'leary and then finally my most my favorite one lose reception time folks he was once incarcerated under the name jefferson davis no oh way no president of the confederacy
0: <laughs> wow also owner of the boar's nest in uh, hazard county in the dukes of hazard oh, oh, right. <laughs> what
1: are you doing Gee. watching that show that that's a banned television show <laughs> <laughs> now it is <laughs> Well, uh, Panzram's career of crime starts to see him using these different names pretty often, right? Uh, he's serving prison sentences just as often. Dude, this is where he goes off the rails. Is that fair to say? Oh, he hasn't so. already? No, like, he's... he's No. If, if We almost had to do a two-parter on this, but we're killing it with time because Andy keeps me brief on stuff. Fair enough. But, dude, this is where I, I wanted to make sure... Because if you skip a sentence reading about this guy, you miss something... You just weren't prepared. It doesn't for
2: it. seem like he had enough years to do all this. True. Yeah. That's the problem. And it, it, it makes you kind of like envious of like, wow, I mean, the energy level, you know?
1: <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> like if I go to shop, right? I'm like, ah, I'm done. For, I'm done this week.
1: Yeah. You I know. know. I'm happy we got you out of the house, to be honest. Oh, yeah, right. It's
2: been a rough stretch. The move.
1: Yeah. But no, they, uh, it, it's, his life gets extra ridiculous around this time because, uh, the prison stints are often violent. Carl openly fights the guards a lot, completely defiant of people here. And he starts to develop a penchant for escaping from these prisons. So uh, get a load of this one. This this story alone could have been an entire episode of Loser. So we're not skipping over any of the details of it, but this, this one story I'm about to tell is pretty nuts. Um, he would escape from county jails on the regular, but uh, eventually was sentenced to a full year out in Montana. Right. He would then escape, get caught again and be forced to serve an additional year. OK, so he, he's he's able to pull off. These are like relatively decently secured prisons. Now he gets himself out to Oregon. OK, you ever been out to Oregon? No,
2: no. I have not been out to Oregon.
1: I had I had one of the I was in Seattle for a writer's conference for when I was in college. I don't
2: think that's Oregon. I think that's Washington. It, it is. Okay. But
1: the idea I I, there was people I had no i have a terrible sense of geography i couldn't begin. say
2: that definitively
1: either i, was like, <laughs> I think it is but we don't know if it exists it's uh i know they had a franchise yeah. nba team <laughs> but um no so uh when i was out there people were telling me like oh yeah i live in uh, i live in oregon and i was like isn't that like super far away and they're like oh, only a couple hours so it's like uh you know you're meeting people who are like telling you you should come hang out with us over in oregon and it's like the equivalent Jersey's such a small state. We don't realize people have to travel much more. Mm. You can do North, South of this state in two hours. Right. But if we wanted to go hang out in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania changes time zones on mm. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it gets a little intense, but um, anyway, uh, so he's out in uh, Oregon now mm. and he meets uh, uh, in the prison. He's, he gets, you know, under the, the control of the warden, uh, warden, Harry Minto. Okay. And
2: See these when you get into the prison names these are the names that should have been the AKAs because the people he escaped prison with and then the the guards at the prison and the prison uh, overseers they have really fun names there's a guy Otto something in this and He's coming in right yeah, now Yeah yep. yeah <laughs> this is a great this is a great alias those other names bored me so much that like I don't know It's I like wonder if it's that was disappointing by It's disappointing I was disappointed that's be more be more creative.
0: It's like a guy who was so creative with his time. I was like, why not be so creative with the names? Exactly.
1: Well, I, can you imagine how much worse uh, my comedy career would go if I was uh, going by Kevin Burke instead of KP Burke?
2: Yeah. Well, it's
1: all in a name, fellas. Trying to tell you. I changed my name
2: in comedy like five times over the, my entire 10-year career. <laughs> not a strong move.
1: No, because then people are like, who's this open micer starting over again? Yeah, yeah.
2: Which might also be a strong move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so now he's in jail, and the, the aforementioned gentleman that uh, Andy was referring to is a, a pretty interesting name, too. So the prison ward, warden, I should say, um, is Harry Minto, right? And Carl is sentenced to seven years at this one prison, and he's going to be underneath warden Minto's uh, control. And warden Minto's a bit of a bastard. All right, hard labor kind of thing, rough treatment of the prisoners, and uh, it, it, that's one of those things too. Because now, if you're being an asshole to people that have nothing to do other than to plot how to rebel against you, <laughs> there's no like, well, you know, at least it's really not that bad when you look at it. Or I just don't deal with that guy. You know, these you, you're sowing some seeds of uh, discontent. Yeah. And uh, Carl told anybody who would listen when they sentenced him to seven years in this prison, he goes, "I'm not serving the full seven. And none of you can make me. I guarantee you, I'm going to be out of here before then. And uh, <laughs> he was a tough dude, man. He really was. Now, what um, was
0: he in there for to begin with? Was it like, was it the the murder thing for thirty five bucks? Or... No,
1: he actually is. A, he's about to. The story now is technically his first on paper trail to anything that leads to a murder. Ah, uh, okay. So his buddy is a, a guy by the name of uh, I believe it was a uh, Otto Hooker. Str- auto hooker auto hooker a good one yeah so um auto hooker and him are going to break out of this prison in oregon warden uh, minto's uh prison so and if you look at uh if you ever look at a picture of uh, warden minto he looks like um the who but wb mason guy right you guys know what i'm talking about the
2: deli fella
1: yeah well uh, the, and the uh the, the office supply guy it looks like a curly mustache oh, so it's
2: not the deli guy
1: well, cause I wonder, cause WB Mason, they do, they do have everything. Uh. That'd be a good sponsor for the show. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so Hooker and, uh, Panzeram, they pull off this, uh, escape, right? And during the escape, they wind up getting into a little bit of a gunfight and, uh, Hooker has a gun and gets challenged by Minto himself during the escape and Hooker shoots Minto, the warden who's been, you know, capturing him and not capturing him, but, uh, it's attempting to recapture him to put him back into these harsh conditions that he's created for the prisoners to the point where this dude hooker had to escape. He winds up shooting the warden dead in the fucking face. Mm. Yep. And so as a accessory prior to the act, this is technically Carl Panzram's first on paper murder. Yeah. So now keep in mind, we don't know if he's full of shit on his other stories and we don't know a lot of this other stuff too, but he is, uh, he certainly got some baggage.
2: Isn't it weird that part of human nature kind of want to make, you, kind of wants to make you believe that like, well, if Carl met me, he would see that I'm cool and he wouldn't rape me or murder me. He would just like we would probably hang out for a little yeah. bit and then part <laughs> ways. You know, like you probably. kind of still, no matter how despicable the character, you kind of still want to be like, no, we'd probably we'd probably like have some beers and then like call tonight. You know, and I don't understand that part of human nature. Like, why do you want to kind of associate with this dude?
1: It's our borderline narcissism, I think. Is it? And, and wait till you, because the next part of this is, it shows he had to be a charming guy.
0: Mm. It, he got it, like a Norman Bates quality almost.
1: Well, that, I don't even know about charming, but it's just like, he looks like a hard ass who knows what he's doing, and people tend to follow those people because they're so noncommittal in general that you wind up kind of, not falling under the spell of the guy, but you're like, well, this guy seems to know what he's doing. So you go with that. Because the, the next part of the story is bizarre. I mean, not that anything else has been normal so far. Um, but uh, he winds up getting recaptured himself, right? So pans around this escape attempt does not work completely.
2: And this is like pre-cameras on every corner. Oh, yeah. You know, this is pre-surveillance state. So how do you...
1: And uh, With this is, shitty
2: aliases, that's how you get caught.
1: You're not too far removed. This might be concurrent with the times of Dillinger busting out of maximum security prisons and, uh, you know, people hiding guns for the work party to shoot the guards, watching them as they dig holes on the side of a road. I mean, it was, it was a wild time, man. It really was. Um, so he gets caught again. Uh, now this is the second time here. He's been telling everybody that he's not going to, uh, uh, finish this prison sentence. Uh, Carl gets thrown back into jail, escapes a year later. Right two more gunfights and you know until finally he winds up uh, being recaptured again so this guy's busted out of jail twice so far one of the times i swear to god chisel on the bars right i'm not saying someone sent it to him in a wedding cake or a birthday cake or something but he had a chisel and he literally chiseled his way out of the bars and just popped out
0: also this whole time like he's been doing stuff it's just been him right like it's not even like little help here or there with some yeah,
1: cohorts sometimes, but except they, for Otto
2: at this point, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. Otto was the only one. And, and I wonder, cause Otto might've had that friendship with him. You were talking about where are like, we both want to get out of here. So let's not ah. waste our time. Sodomizing each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but
2: yeah,
1: yeah Carl, definitely, uh, the uh, best
2: laid plans, you
1: know? <laughs> um, so he now, again, one more year here in the prison. Uh, Warden Minto has been murdered. There's been a second gunfight to bring him back in. And now finally, in 1918, at now age 27. Okay, how old are you, Cajuns?
0: 25.
1: 25, all right. So uh, roughly around the same age. You're now out. You've been a booze bag since you were age 8. You've killed people. You've been you know, committing uh, all sorts of crimes all over the country. You know what I mean? You're, you're a wild guy, but you're still a young man in a lot of ways, right?
0: Just living, man. It's Just, spring break.
1: <laughs> spring break <laughs> dude he uh, he hops on a train and goes east and he just goes well I'm never going to the Pacific Northwest again let me tell you that much <laughs> so he gets out of there and uh, it's, it's 1918 now okay so a lot of stuff going on in the world Roaring Twenties are right around the corner right World War One is uh, coming to a close and uh, or it should be closed already actually now I'm thinking about it but um, it's uh, anarchy baby It's just nothing but anarchy. So, uh, Carl escapes on that speeding train heading west. We might have broken the kahuna just now. Um, And he heads east. And it had been 15 years. You want to talk about holding a grudge, by the way? This is a, like, you've been through some shit in your life, Andy. Do you hold a grudge more than 15 years?
2: No, no. No. I don't think so.
1: I've been told Irish Alzheimer's is you forget uh, everything except the beefs. Okay. Right? That's what the, the joke was in my family um but interestingly enough a 15 year old over 15 year old beef is about to get settled uh kahuna just because i know you were listening and you you play the role of the audience on the show sometimes uh what was the name of the fellow that signed off and approved his initial imprisonment at fort leavenworth yeah president howard taft william Mm. howard taft i'm sorry
2: this is my favorite part of the story
1: dude this shit is like poetic almost Uh um you want to tell it?
2: Okay, so uh, he takes uh, – he robs Taft's house about seven years after his presidency, mm-hmm. stealing a assorted amount of jewels, but also one of the previous president's
1: guns. Not just any gun. A uh, forty-five caliber 1911, right? That, like the, every badass war movie you've ever seen. Uh, since World War One, the U.S. Army and Marine Corps have been using this pistol. This mm. is this is the American iconic pistol, and 45 caliber does some heavy damage. Look what the guy was able to do with a, a chisel. Now he's got a 45 caliber yes. gun that belongs to a former president.
2: So uh, he takes this jewelry and this gun and fences the jewelry for about $40,000 at this Christ. point. In, in 1918 money.
1: 1918
2: money. And uh, he buys, with this money, he now buys a yacht, which becomes arguably the worst boat, even including the Titanic.
1: The uh, Astica? Astica.
2: A-S-T-I-K-A, Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: A, a- S so- a- T. I- oh wow, that's, Kahuna just rolled his eyes like we made a pun. I didn't realize it until I said it. A-S-T-I-K-A is the name of it. Not the ass sticker.
2: <laughs> Maybe let's just say like Aztec as in the island and an early spelling of that. Maybe the Aztec. I like, Azteca. It. like it just sounds more formal that Classier. way. But um, it's a very formal name for what essentially becomes a rape boat. Mm-hmm. He uh, picks up some young opportunistic fellows in New York. And it's uh, like, no, no, no. Bring all your stuff on the boat. This is going to be a long trip. D- you know, what? definitely bring all of your money. And then uh, he... Drives out to somewhere off of uh, Long Island Sound Mm -hmm. and um, has his way, I think is a good way to put it, and then murders them and then takes their stuff. And this goes on and he kills 10 people with the previous, well, 10 victims. Well, I mean, they're victims either way. Double victim. 10, yeah. Yeah, 10 10 was the number he he 10 with uh, the previous president's gun. And this is the level of like this dude. Like, I'm just saying proficient, go getter. You know, <laughs> these aren't words like, you know, like this is pre Google oh appointments. God. This is pre everything, you know?
1: Well, he's uh, the, the term is Shanghai, by the way, to, to take these sailors out of New York City. So the sailors come in on a port, like, oh, I got to find another ship to go out on. And then you got this guy, like, oh, I got a ship. We're going here. Cause he's bounced around. He's international at this point, too. There's, there's, Times when he winds up in uh, like Latin Costa. America, yeah, he's he's bouncing around all over the place, and um, also just to, to draw a little a little tidbit here that I thought was worth mentioning, uh, Taft at this time when when the break in happens at the house, the he's living in Connecticut because I believe he's uh, I think he's at Yale or Harvard, I can't remember, um, but that's the time frame. This is right before he's about to become uh, one of the Supreme Court justices. So imagine that you have one of the president's guns and you're committing murder, and then that guy becomes a Supreme Court justice. Now you're murdering people with a Supreme Court justice's stolen gun. Oh, and by the way, you got $40,000 worth of his shit in bonds and jewels, like he was saying. Um, Wow. And one of the places, too, Long Island Sound was definitely a location for him with a lot of these murders. Uh, Ten in total. Uh, His final two victims actually escaped. By the way, did you get that part?
2: I don't know. I just know that the ship sank off of Atlantic City.
1: That's your Jersey connection for the week, folks.
2: The wreck is somewhere outside Atlantic City. He, uh. The
1: Aquista um, is uh, the, the name of the ship, and it uh, it crashed or ran aground off the coast of Atlantic City. And uh, Panzran was able to uh, get back onto shore, and his two other uh, sailors, who would be victims, you know. Um, which, by the way, I don't know how far into his process he had gotten. So I bet you one of the sailors was like.
2: Man, things just keep getting worse and worse.
1: (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, those two guys wind up escaping. And uh, now Kahuna brought up a photo of Panzer. And can we talk about what this guy...
2: Which one? Because there's like... It looks different. He looks different.
1: Yeah, because he loses the mustache.
2: Yeah, the 7390 uh, inmate number, that's a rather sophisticated look. And then even the one above that... 3164 if you're on the internet now looking them up yourself that looks like a bit uh what's that wine that has the um 19 crimes 19 crimes yeah. yes that looks like a bit like the fellow who's on the 19 crimes bottle but then by 1614 he has completely lost his looks yeah
1: and he's going off of uh, the inmate numbers on some of the mugshots and he does have a uh Again, not an old guy. Didn't get to live to be an old guy, but also age is... Uh, a lot of hard years. Yeah. He puts some mileage... Is that going to happen to me? No. you no? Look at you, buddy. You're already killing it. I know. I'm already 40. How old am I? 25? Keep going. So uh, now he's got the... He's in a little bit of trouble here because uh, he winds up getting back into uh, you know trouble with the, the law, if you will. Um He would spend the next few years, uh, this is according to his biography, which we're about to get into uh, the the finality of the story here. Um, In his own biography, he is talking about how uh, he was spending some time down near uh, Angola, uh, Portuguese Angola, I should say, uh, Portuguese uh, colony in uh, southern Africa. right? And he talks about uh, a bunch of crimes he committed. One of them, uh, he claims to have uh, killed a boy who was 11 years old. And in his confession to this murder, he writes,
2: the brains came out of the ears. Does that happen? You think that happens?
1: It's, I don't know. His brains come out. This is the full quote. His brains came out of his ears when I left him and he will never be any debtor. He also claims that he once hired a boat of six rowers. So I'm assuming probably, you know, uh, African fellas, right? Rowing this boat, sitting there like, oh, this, uh, this, you know, white colonial guy here seems to have some money, whatever. We'll do this job and he'll give us, you know, something. And uh, he then shoots all the rowers with a Luger pistol and then threw their bodies overboard and fed them to the crocodiles. Mm. Sounds almost like it could be bullshit, right?
2: There's a lot of things in this story that sound like it could be bullshit, but who am I to say?
1: Well, uh, this guy's borderline antichrist, if all this shit is true, right? Which is hilarious because when he comes back to uh, the United States, he also says that he murdered two small boys, uh, beating one of them to death with a rock. In good old Salem, Massachusetts, nothing bad ever happened out there, guys.
0: Nothing, absolutely nothing.
1: So uh, he also says that uh, at around this time, the forty-five, I guess, disappears. We don't really know after the Kitza. We don't know what happened to that gun because um, I couldn't find anything else for it. No,
2: I looked Yeah, that he just kind of chucked it in the
1: Hudson. Well, uh, he's uh, he's got he's working some honest jobs here. He's working as a night watchman a little bit. He's still got other boats. He's docking up in Poughkeepsie right? Uh, he's stealing fishing equipment. The guy's all over the place. Um, and uh, he winds up, again, another escape from jail here too, by the way, because they arrested a guy by the name of Captain John O'Leary, okay, who just happened to be Carl Pansram. Uh, he's able to pull off all these crazy things, man. Uh, Jeff Baldwin, another one of his names that he used, he gets put into Clinton prison in uh, Danamora, New York, all right, and gets discharged in 1928, and then uh, gets out and freshly decides to go out and commit a murder in Baltimore that summer, right? You got any plans? What'd you do on your summer vacation, Andy?
2: Well, you know, a little sailing.
1: That's it. A- <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> mingle with the locals. Yeah, we did that. Uh, we toured a winery. And then there was, um, you know, just sodomy and murder. And then before we knew it, it was fall.
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, the standard Pumpkin patches. <laughs> well, uh, so 1928. By the end of that summer, good old Carl gets arrested in Baltimore for a burglary he pulls off in Washington D.C. Um, he robbed a dentist, and as we've covered on the show, don't fuck with dentists; they're just—they always win. You know what Carl needed?
0: He needed a murder palace, like his friend H.H. Holmes. Yeah, <laughs> he needed a murder palace. If he had that, he probably would have went a little longer, survived a little longer, been a little more organized.
1: I wonder if H. H. Holmes is just pans ram with anxiety and social. Di- you know, <laughs> at least H. H. Holmes had the decency to socially distance. You know what I mean?
2: Wasn't there other? Wasn't there some other iconic American figure who had a, que- a boat of questionable ethics? Oh, there's a couple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we so could even go topical
1: mo- right now if we needed to, current oh, event wise. Okay. Oh boy. Um. Yeah. No,
2: I feel like there was a religious leader who had a. Boat of or a um, fiction writer, L. Ron Hubbard. Didn't L. Ron Hubbard have oh, a, yeah. a a uh, rather sequester,
1: seep uh, uh, yeah, patrol or something? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um,
0: Let's stop before we get killed. Yeah, okay. uh, we don't
1: have the the to quote Stanhope. We don't have the legal team to come back okay. on this show. <laughs> I mean, like, who am I to
2: say anything? You know, this is all hyperbolic,
1: indeed. And uh <laughs> speaking of hyperbole. Oh. Uh, Pandram's arrested now right okay. and he admits to a bunch of murders and he's giving them the case he's like oh by the way i murdered this kid i murdered that kid i murdered all these people and uh he also winds up like even writing this stuff uh which we're about to get into the the writing itself mm. um he also says that he has thoughts about if you want to talk this is batman villain shit right here ready kahuna this is the things that he admits to thinking about okay well, I was thinking about, uh, well, there's a bunch of mass killings I wanted to do. I also thought about poisoning the city's water supply with arsenic. I also debated scuttling a British warship into New York Harbor in order to provoke a war between the United States and Great Britain. Um,
0: also, he would later go on to be played by Jack Nicholson.
1: It's a close, man. He's really, uh, there's there's some Bane to his game, too. Mm. You know? it's Yeah.
2: A, you came back to die with your city. <laughs> <laughs> his plan on uh, he was uh, born in the darkness shit yeah the plan on was poisoning the water supply was like way too in-depth like he didn't just it was like i want to get poisoned i'm gonna put it in the well it was like i'm gonna feed it to pigs and then i'm gonna take the pig meat and put that in the well like he had definite mental problems. obviously he had definite mental problems but also in his own like logical reasoning he added a lot of steps into things that were kind of unnecessary particularly in the poisoning of the water
1: uh without a doubt and and that's why his autobiography comes into question so often because he, he's not a reliable narrator
2: <laughs> yes
1: so he uh oh, he actually in one of
0: those movies
1: wait for this we're going cyclical here as we're wrapping up um he receives a 25 year to life sentence right he has not been given the death penalty yet he's doing a life sentence 25 <laughs> Under to life what name? <laughs> Uh, This one would be his proper name of Carl Panzeram, I believe, at this time. Mm -hmm. And guess where he gets uh, sent? We said it earlier in the episode.
0: Sing, sing?
1: No. uh, Leavenworth. Yep, Fort Leavenworth, baby. So he is now inmate 31614, and he warned the warden upon his arrival, I'm going to kill the first man that bothers me. So... Actually, we're looking at him. He's such a tough-looking guy. It would be hilarious if he had Jordan Peterson's voice.
2: <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Every single documentary had him on some Christian Bale stuff. And I don't know if he... Where been. is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like... What was his number again, by the way?
1: Uh three one six one four. That photo is his mugshot from that. Yeah, that's yeah, the most current one. Good yeah. looks, good looks, Cahons. He
2: lost so much of his neck too.
1: Yeah, well I can't talk. I've never had one. Flintstones. Yeah,
2: but he, he had one. Look at that, you know, like and it just kind of is like either his shoulders grew or his neck shrunk. So
1: And it bothers me that in the early mugshots when he was making trouble out in Montana area, uh that's that's how good of a mustache he had, that by shaving it, he completely changed his appearance.
0: It yeah. looks like a completely different dude.
1: Yeah, with mustache, he looks like my dad. Um, then Leavenworth looks like me. So, me hey. with a shaved head—that's when I get my. There's, uh, by the way, also. It does look like Slingblade, though. You there, gotta say, say
2: it does look like
1: Slingblade. Absolutely, we'll yeah. post all that on the Instagram and everything yeah. too. But he does look like he enjoys some French rod daters. You know. <laughs> so, uh, but now here he is. This is where this is the, the final scene. All right. Is that
2: John Ritter? RIP.
1: Yeah, poor guy. Yeah. He had a lot of rules about dating his teenage daughter, but otherwise not a bad dude. Yeah. Uh, problem child, hot gold. Um, but again, he we're, warns-
2: we're not we're worried about L. Ron Hubbard's estate suing this podcast. But not John <laughs> not Ritter's. Ritters. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're not a litigious people. The
1: Ritters, good folk. <laughs> so he warns. Um, he warns the warden that he's gonna. Uh, he gets a job working in the prison laundry room. But it was right after he said, I'm going to kill the first man that bothers me. And uh, fresh into his prison sentence, he beats the prison laundry foreman, a guy by the name of uh, Robert Warnke or Wankery. It, it's Warn, W-A-R-N-K-E, beats him to death. Uh, and because of that beating, now good old Carl Panzer, he ain't doing 25 to life anymore. You got a death sentence coming, buddy. All right. So they're going to give him the death penalty here. And he refuses to allow any appeals to a sense. This guy wants to die. All right. Uh, he gets uh, human rights. People are trying to intervene with him. What? And uh, yeah, dude, like literally they're the people like we're again. Because remember, we talked about with the electric chair. People were against uh, the death punishment. penalty. Yeah. Capital punishment, the, the proper name for it.
2: A little tie in with the electric chair. He was uh, at one of his prison stays uh, tortured in this thing called a hummingbird
1: uh, which
2: was a metal bathtub which you would then be uh, shackled into and then a low voltage electric current would be administered to you sh- like, as like the uncle fester uh, sticks of yes, the arcade yes, oh my yes. God. and it was a behavioral behavioral collective corrective of the time jesus Christ. so like his case actually did lead to some prison reform there was a time when his name was on people's tongues because of the abuses that he suffered and then how he lost like uh prevalence in american knowledge is kind of unknown to me
1: he he should be um because i forget it's good well the the documentary was excellent too Uh, i don't have netflix anymore so i can't check it out but, um, i'll send you my password uh good guy right What's there. Up? oh you're about to get hulu you know what? i'm
2: about to get that patreon membership it's only five dollars a month <laughs> ross brewing
1: uh i am good about that stuff i just need uh we need some more sponsors but i also it's tough to, to go uh to get a good sponsor on the show and just be sitting there talking about like oh and that's why uh, if you want to get uh we recommend this brand of coffee anyway he sodomized people all across the nation um
2: right so I have a I have an idea if you wanted to. So I've uh, there's a, a substantial amount of bands that are named Pans Ram, uh primarily in the punk and metal variety. Always. Okay. So there are many quotes from Pans Ram's book that are good. So I thought it'd be a fun game to play if we could do uh, Gigi Allen or Pans Ram.
1: Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. He prepped me for this. Yeah. Uh and then we will go into uh is the, the idea where the book finally came from to wrap up here and think of your casting couch comments. okay so ready hit this me, is buddy. uh
2: G. G. allen or pans ram
1: for those who don't know Gigi allen um he is uh he your children already love him
2: <laughs> he is uh he's a, a, a character of cr- questionable ethics who definitely would not exist today so ready for this quote hit me this is Gigi allen or pans ram naturally i now love jesus very much yes I love him so damn much that I would like to crucify him all over again.
1: Uh, I'm I'm gonna go Gigi Allen on
2: that one. I'm gonna go Carl Kahuna gets out. Carl Panzram, no shit. All right, right. the stakes are higher now. All right, question number two. I want to get drunk and pass out on the floor. I want to cut my skin. I want to feel pain. It's the life I lead.
1: Well, I know for a fact Gigi Allen did that in concert on a regular basis.
2: Gigi. That is Gigi Allen. You're Oof. Both right. Oof. Kahuna, yeah. Kahuna's still up by one. Still got me. Okay, last question. I will kill every man, woman, and child who gets in my way. Gigi <laughs> Allen. That's actually Hillary Clinton.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, returning guest, returning guest.
2: <laughs> and that's why, baby.
1: Oh, he's the worst. I, oh, man. All right. Good game, good game. That's a solid game. Kuna won that one. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's up, yeah. Well, uh now he's got to write his own biography, though, which some of those quotes are going to come from. And uh it's interesting because he actually makes friends with one of his prison guards on death row, uh, the guy's name was. To see if I have, I know it. Henry Lesser mm-hmm. was the name of the guard. So he befriends Pansram to a degree because he gives Pansram money to buy cigarettes, and no one had ever been nice to Carl before. It's Carl's al- heart grew three sizes that day.
2: It's also Come important. It's also important to understand that Henry Lesser was the Rudy of prison guards. He's five foot nothing, one hundred and forty pounds. Yes. So like his uh, empathetic nature was probably due to that, you know, and that was the first love that I guess old Carl had seen in a bit.
1: If you remember, too, I think it was in that documentary that you and I have both seen that he actually this is how, how much Panzram came to love uh, Henry Lesser that he told him, he goes, hey, make sure you don't ever turn your back on me or get anywhere I can grab you. He goes, because I might just kill you and I don't want to because I like you. So that was the hmm. that's how much rage he actually called himself rage personified, too. I should have said that earlier. Um,
0: what, a great, what a great WWE name.
1: Rage, rage personified. Yeah. Well, uh, I,
2: he said there's nothing in life better than bourbon and sodomy.
1: Legit quote. I'll agree with half of that. That's a, well, another quote when the uh, human rights activists were trying to uh, uh, you know help him out a little bit. Uh, he wrote back to them, the only thanks you and your kind will ever get from me for your efforts on my behalf is that I wish you all had one neck and that I could put my hands on it.
2: Yeah, he, he would have had great shoot interviews.
1: Oh, man. This would be uh, yeah. like your boy from the West Memphis 3 documentary. Damien Eccles. Uh, you know uh, the other guy, the father.
2: Oh, um, Mark Byers. Mark Byers like? just yeah. died. RIP Mark Byers, West Memphis, Arkansas. <laughs> What's up?
1: Well, yeah. Uh, so now he actually allows uh, Lester's going to it starts with cigarettes. Right. And then he winds up giving him a pen and paper. And then uh, all this shit starts coming out of Panzer. And he's telling his whole life. Some of it's bullshit. We can't prove a lot of this. We can't corroborate majority of his murders, but he definitely murdered that guy in the prison that got him the death sentence. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you got uh, we put away Capone, but we put him away for tax evasion instead of murder. Um, but uh, that's where that amazing quote to start his whole story off. Um, comes from with uh, the murder and the sodomy and admitting it, and I have no regret, and all that other stuff. Panzram uh, is, for his methods of execution, he does not get the electric chair, even though it's 1930. He's hung. Okay? He's hung on September 5th, 1930, and uh, supposedly uh, he spit in his own executioner's face. Okay? What was
2: his last meal? Uh, interesting uh-oh. i have this
1: no shit hit me okay last meal, so Carl um
2: he wanted okay so uh his last meal uh he attempted suicide previous to his execution by he took beans and hid them in his uh cell and he ate a bunch of rotten beans and then severed an artery on his leg with a button from his shirt and he was revived
1: Holy but shit. his last
2: meal was actually rotten beans <laughs> you can't make that up
1: Good i don't know God. what they hope to add beans beans the magical fruit yeah. indeed
0: i figured it was just a cup of fucking toenails or some shit
1: <laughs> he's a wild boy man he sure is on no that milk one. no
2: but yeah so i think that's carl panzeram in a nutshell
1: it is I, we got one last thing we got okay. to hit though um so uh when they asked him what his last words were did you get this yes hurry up you who's your bastards I could kill a dozen men while you guys are screwing around. (laughs) And his grave at uh, Fort Leavenworth uh, Penitentiary Cemetery is marked only with his prison number, 31614. So um, there was a movie made about him. Okay. Um, And they had, uh, there's been a couple good documentaries and stuff like that. But I did want to mention that James Woods has already played him.
2: Oh my god. Yeah.
1: So James Wood's played him and uh, I'll ask you this question. Is that the
2: same James Wood from Twitter? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, political <laughs> activist James Woods. Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but that being said guys, as we're wrapping up here, um, Kahuna, if you're ready for it, and you got uh, you want to bounce one off and Andy if you got anybody else you can think of. Okay. Too.
0: And if you want to if you want to go first, man, go for it.
2: Okay. I think I do feel like there's an element of uh, a very smart force gump here. Like a murder gump, um, forced murder, something like that, you know? <laughs> so th- if it wasn't Billy Bob, I would go, I think Tom Hanks could do the role.
1: Wow. Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. that would be against. Because
2: he
0: doesn't play bad guys because he's, he's never really played a bad guy. No,
2: I don't think he has, but he has the potential to really inhabit a character. And I think this might be, a uh, you know,
1: if you did a double feature of him as Mr. Rogers juxtaposed against him as Carl Panzram, mm-hmm. I would watch that. I'd have no choice. So
0: the minute like you started painting the picture for this dude, I had like I started getting a mental image before I looked up the picture. And it was this guy, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Pelleghi from the X Files. He played Walter Skinner. Oh, Skinner that makes X-Files. sense. Watch this this dude. yeah. No, I knew oh, he wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know this. Guy. He looks like uh, Bill Goldberg a little bit.
0: If he like I know he's a little, he's on the older side now cuz I know our boy didn't reach that age, but I feel like a few years prior, a little younger, this dude could have killed it.
1: No,
2: yeah, that makes sense.
1: Tough-looking dude right uh, who's there. Who's that
2: man? football guy who has that similar look? Was he just in Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, no. No, football.
0: You football. It...
1: That's Batista you're thinking I'm of. I'm thinking of no. Batista. Um football, what position?
2: No, he's an announcer.
1: Oh, announcer. Um, I mean,
2: probably so probably a previous player. This might be the part you have to cut out because I don't know the name of the football no guy. No, it's well, all good. Yeah, out um, do.
1: I do like this uh, Mitch Pelegi guy, though, is him. And then uh, the Tom Hanks one, that's very interesting. Yeah. I personally think Carl Panzram could be played and should be played by a strong, independent woman of color. Oh, shit. Okay? <laughs> so that's why I'm going with Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought
0: you were going to say Angela Bassett. And I, I was, was like, going oh, at shit. Alexandria
2: Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> if, if we um, had...
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. If we had Zoe Saldana play, uh, it it would be the first time I was ever sexually attracted to uh, Carl Pan's That being said, we are going to wrap up because i got another guest coming in, and High Roller has to get back to court. Um, (laughs) So anything you want to say on your way out, brother? Thank you. You were a great guest, as always.
2: I hope it was fun for everybody. It was awesome
0: sitting in with you this time, man. I know you had Ming first time. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He was good, too. I'm anxious. And he's got another topic because he's actually doing me a favor today with this episode. We have another topic that he picked that is when i read some of this shit i'm like all right i how do i not know about this guy yeah. so yeah. Um, we'll andy is that. the uh, i'm the xanax to uh, andy's coke binge you know what <laughs> I mean? we, we balance each other out pretty nicely
0: the yin and yang
1: exactly who yeah. is anything else you want to say to the people at home
0: uh no nah, man i'm good uh just support the patreon if you can it's only five bucks a month Thank you get you. To, you get the bonus content you get the one episode for free and then uh there's going to be a lot more stuff we're working on too. We are working on Kahuna
1: is right. trying to coach me up. I'm a stubborn student. All right. Kahuna is a masterful teacher that way. Like he said, five bucks over on Patreon at the end of every month, you do get a bonus episode. Uh, will be exclusive to that. I'm not putting those out on anything else. Check us out on Instagram over on Facebook. Uh, if you do want to leave us a written review, that shit helps. It's always nice to read those, man.
0: I am curious, though, about one of his aliases, though, Christian Cordes. I don't know. <laughs> that. that's, the, that's the best one. Yeah, like That's like the most normal one out of all the bunch. I, I don't like. know.
1: That ba- sounds suspicious to me. And and by yeah, the way, that sounds
2: really weird. If you follow me on Instagram, Andy underscore High Roller, I will... Uh... I will let you download the um, Patreon episodes for free. (laughs) And that's just a simple click, not $5 a month. So, hit me up.
1: Uh, You do have to put it with a lot of photos of his feet, though, okay? So, it's not going to go great for everybody. Uh.
2: And just
0: like that, you heard Tarantino shed a tear on the other side of the country. (laughs)
1: But no, that was awesome, Andy. Thank you so much for coming as a guest, brother. Have a good day, everybody. Oh, it was good and uh Cahoons. Thank you as always. LP will be back soon, guys, shortly. Thank you so much. My name was KP Burke, and that was Carl Panzram, American Loser.
2: An American loser the day I was born. An American
0: loser the day I was born. An American loser the day I was born.